0: You are tuning into The Mitchell Report Unleashed Podcast, where your experience comes through accountability and consistency. The results are inside you.
2: Erica Kramer, Queen of Confidence. What's going on?
3: Hello, Rory. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so, so much for having me.
2: You know, what I love about you is the authentic voice the message everything that you're about i'm just gonna get right into this podcast you don't need any introduction you don't need no special flowers we no. know why you're here we know why we're doing this we know how we're about to give it up on this podcast the number one thing that determines how we feel about ourself let's get right into it ma'am
3: yes let's do it um and can i say what i love about you is your amazing voice i could listen to you all damn day <laughs> Thanks. Too good. Too good. That's <laughs> why
2: so I chose this this space of podcasting, yes. you know, and things like that. Yes.
3: So the number one thing that gets in our way, oh, well, I feel as a coach, it's mindset. Um, but I think that that word has been so diluted, and it's such a uh, roll, like a oh, mindset, mindset coaching. But the reality is, how we think about ourselves is everything you know, how we, there's a quote from Lisa Hayes that says, be careful how you speak about yourself because you are listening. And I don't know if we realize how impactful the way we see ourselves, the way we frame ourselves, the way we chat about ourselves, the way we treat ourselves. It is everything. I mean, you are the most important being to your own world in your own creation. And if you can't see the beauty of yourself or the power in yourself if you yourself don't believe in yourself and you don't have that confidence and that self-belief it's almost like you don't stand a chance to create so I feel it's mindset I feel it's the self-image and who we think we are Uh, and it's not like who do you think you are it's like who do you think you are because that right there will tell us what you're willing to do and how you're willing to show up and what you're about to create, who you're going to attract, you know, that, that's huge.
2: Where does all this spice come from? Like you Mm. have that spicy side to you, you know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
3: So I'm Puerto Rican and we cook with adobo and sazón and I'm sure it's got MSG in there, whatever. (laughs) So yeah, I think I really feel like I've always had this, Energy, you know, this like fired up energy. My mom always told me that I was a a happy kid. I was the kid that went to, I grew up in foster care. My mom was a single mother who struggled with bipolar, unfortunately, disorder, and she raised me on her own. My dad left when I was two. We're Puerto Rican descent, and I'm from Boston originally, but I live in Australia. That's a whole other podcast, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, growing up with my mom, As a single mother, she would not take her medicine and she would physically beat me up. Obviously, she wasn't in her right mind, but kids don't know this. So I kind of lived my whole life worrying about is my mom okay? Is she going to hit me? A little bit of fear. Um, And in and out of foster care. So I went into every home in my town every foster home, every school, every elementary, middle school, high school, alternative school. So I think that that shift and change and living with different people really it could take you a couple ways. You could be anti-people, and you could be, I'm an only child, that's mine, I don't like people. Or you could be like, everybody's my brother and sister. And I don't have a home. Like, earth is my home. Every house can be my home. And I was that kid. I was the kid that really loved community. Uh, I loved meeting the new kids. I loved being at school. And seeing a new kid come to school, I'd be like, hey, are you new? My name's Erica, nice to meet you. So I always had this like, You know, like something. I don't know where it came from. It's not mine of of this earth. I'm sure it's in my spirit, soul, God, Buddha, Allah, Oprah, whoever you believe in. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it came from that. So I've always had that. And I think that no matter what's happened, it's under there. And even though shit's hit the fan and it's been hard and there was trauma and tough times, that inner buzz, that inner core of energy that I have, that everything's going to be great, Has always been there, and so that really guides me, and it's guided me throughout all the messed up, crazy stuff that I have lived in my years here.
1: Yeah, I get it, and you know
2: what i what I like about you, like I mentioned, you're authentic. Mm. And with this podcast, the Mitchell Report Unleashed, it's about the guests to unleash stories, talk about things. You spoke about that word, the T word, trauma. Mm. I feel like I was just having this conversation yesterday about trauma things of trauma where you know we may experience death of a loved one mm-hmm. right things like that speak on how do we get out of trauma because a lot of people don't know how to turn to the lights of us I'm a coach myself you're a coach yeah, yourself yeah. but how do they turn to finding that inner work it's easy yeah. to go out there and say get therapy it's easy yeah. to go out there and get a coach, but what is the what are the what are like three things that we can do to really deep dive into that and make it actionable now?
3: Yeah. Well, I think what's helped us, you and I, and any other coaches mm-hmm. listening to this or watching this is the pandemic. You know, two years of a pandemic, no one can hide. You know, we, we hide really well. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's great. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. After these two years, every single one of us has, like, nobody's went on scath you know in this covid shitstorm i think we've all been hit in different ways so that's good for us because people are seeing that there are things to be worked on and i think sometimes people think nothing's wrong with me i had a great childhood if anybody says that by the way that means they did not have a great childhood okay mm-hmm. cuz if you did you you don't admit that like oh by the way i love my dad everything is great i had a great childhood and i'm like okay what happened here you know so it's not like something's wrong with you, you are broken or damaged or air quotes messed up. It is you're a human and you've moved through a difficult time like everyone and you need some support. So I think we need to identify what is what is trauma. And I've been in a year-long training with another Canadian, Mr. Gabor Mate, who I'm I love. I love working with him and learning from him. And he says that trauma is not what happened to you. It's not the sexual abuse, it's not your mom. Beating you up. It's not foster home. It's not losing your husband. It's what happened inside of you. So when my mom got taken away in handcuffs and I got taken away in handcuffs and I'm in a foster home and I don't see my mom for two years, it's not that my mom got taken away. It's that I didn't have anybody to talk to when I missed her. I didn't have a a, a language to understand what was going on. I felt alone. I felt lonely. I didn't feel heard, seen, trust, understood. That is where the trauma happens, right? And so I think that a few of the things what, you, what, you, what people could do is look around your life. You know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know if I have trauma. What, what's one thing I could do? The one thing you could do is have a scan. So just scan your life, scan your relationships, your happiness, your joy, your bank account, your career, hobbies, uh, marriage, your body, your health, like do, you know, spirituality, religion, whatever it is for you, scan. And wherever you find like a, you know, like a, uh, like there's a knot. Okay. It's needs your attention. Okay. Keep scanning. Where else, where else? And I think what happens is we're not willing to look at our lives and really be honest. And you don't have to tell anybody. You could just be like, damn, I hate my job. You know, my marriage sucks, or I don't love my body, or I hate motherhood, or I feel like a loser, whatever's going on for you. But if you don't check in with what it is, number one, you can't do anything about it. So number one is do a scan of your life. What are the areas you're not happy with? You can't work on everything. Choose one. Hmm. We'll always be working, by the way. You're never done with the work. So that's number one. Number two, I would say we have to be willing to be honest with ourselves. Uh, When I came, before we started recording, we talked about how I got to Australia. And my husband passed away in a terrible car accident, and it was horrible. And I had had so much trauma: sexual abuse, being kidnapped, my mom being sick. I went into the army for ten years. I mean, I just was a trauma, out. And then my husband died, and I was like, "Oh, I'm done. I can't do this. Like, I'm I can't handle any more trauma." Like, and I numbed out of my life. And I don't know if you're listening to this, if you're there, if you've been there before, but I numbed out of my life. And I went to Las Vegas to a hair conference and I met this man from Australia and I was drunk half the time. I was like, yep, I'm moving to Australia. Who who knows who this man is? I had just met him, but I moved to Australia and I left my life in America because it wasn't going to follow me. I was going to have a new start, you know, air quotes <laughs> and all your shit will follow you across the Pacific ocean. And it did. And I'm like, I'm in Australia trying not to deal with my stuff. And so part two of this is You have to understand and get real with what's actually going on. And when I met this man and I realized he was a narcissist, and I broke up with him, and I met another man, same dude, different Mm. face, literally the same energy. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, yo, who is the common denominator here in this hot mess that I call my life me? So, number two is you have to check in and get honest with yourself on how you are attracting the shit you're huh. attracting. I know that's hard to be like, well, how is that my fault? Trust me. <laughs> we attract. Okay. So that's number two. Number, You know what I'm saying? Like uh, what's really going on? And how come if 10,000 people call you a bitch, maybe you Holy need to look at let's that. Go. Yeah. You know, if you keep having bad relations, you know what I'm saying? If you keep having bad relationships, maybe that's, maybe it's you. Maybe you have to look at that. So that's number two. And then number three, like you said, beautiful Rory, like, you have to find someone that feels good for you. Do not Google life coach. Or, you know, you don't Google bikini waxer. <laughs> well, women, at least. You don't Google that. Like, ba- great barber. As if you don't Google great barber. You see somebody with a sick fade, and you're like, yo, where did you go? You know, and you get a referral. Same thing with a coach or a therapist. Understand that you're not going to someone to fix you because you're not broken. You're going to get support, guidance, help, uh, assistance. And all of us need it. It's not, do you need it? It's, you do need it, who will you find to support you? Uh, And number three is that. It's find someone you resonate with. Maybe you don't like swearing. Maybe you love swearing. Maybe you are from a certain ethnic background and you want somebody who gets your ethnic background and your culture. You know, um, I think we really need to find the person for us and not just go to therapy air quotes cuz that's what you do cuz i did 19 years of therapy and that shit did not help me no offense to therapy maybe it helps you it was not good for me it was like a time machine into my trauma and never fixed and i just was like i can't do this i met a coach and she changed my life because i changed my life doing the work so that th- those would be my three points you know um get honest check in with your life check in what area needs work you will know if you ask yourself um number 2 is look in the mirror be honest with how you are attracting and get honest with where you need to work on yourself and then number three is find someone who you feel you resonate with you know we have social media now there's referrals there's all kinds of people doing this work so those are oh, my three points
2: that's a masterclass. i've been saying that lately on this on this <laughs> on this podcast is that master class with these guests and you just broke it down And I want the audience to really hone in, even if you have to rewind, rewind it, go back to it and just really understand the queen of confidence is here. You know what I mean? Erica Kramer, you know, the spicy, the spice, you know?
3: Thank
2: you. Yeah. (laughs) So you speak a lot about the trauma. Now we go into confidence because I feel like confidence is a big thing. I know it's an easy word to hear, but it's a difficult one to really tap into. Because you have external and you have internal confidence. You have friends around you that are doing their thing, right? Your job could be making you confident, things like that. But how do we find that real confidence inside of us?
3: Mm. Yeah, it's so funny. I don't know. You probably don't know this, but before I did confidence coaching, I was a stylist. So I would dress women and help them with their external confidence, right? And I would talk about the two layers, the outer confidence, which is the way you look your hair, your car, you know, and that matters. It really does. It, it matters when you feel like you look good, you feel good. Um, and we need that. Not as women, as everyone. Everybody needs to look after their external confidence and feel good about themselves and their image. But the inner work, the inner confidence, you don't see that. And that's, I think, a problem why social media gets blamed because we see people showing their outer confidence and we assume that the kardashians are conceited and we assume that all these people out there with their filters you know are are all about themselves and they they're so amazing but the reality is we don't know what's going on on the inside for that person and so i think when i think about confidence and how it, for me it was sold to me or how i sold it to myself or my conditioning was like once you are confident then you could change the world. When you're confident, Rory, then you'll do the podcast. When you're confident, then you'll go your, put your prices up or you'll go on Instagram stories. Like when you are, then you will. Like when I, then I. And that trap of when I, then I is messed up. Like I talk about it in my book. Like when I lose the weight, then I'll be happy. When I find the wife or the man or the whatever, then it's like you'll never have that then thing that you're asking for if you can't embody it now. So, I thought confidence was this golden star that once I had it, my shit was going to be fire and my life would change. (laughs) And then I realized that confidence feels like shit, okay? And it is horrible. It's actually a horrible experience to be perceived as confident because think about it. What does a confident person do? They show up. They, They put themselves out there. They're taking risks. They're courageous. They're doing scary shit, right? Like they're doing TED Talks. They're showing up on stories. They're doing live videos. They're asking for pay rises. They're wearing high heels. They're they're putting themselves out there. They're going against what their family wants them to do. Like, wow, that's confidence. That's amazing. How does that feel? All of those things I said, are you willing to experience self-doubt, falling over publicly, failing, messing up, being criticized? Uh, your family thinking you're shit, your friends questioning you. I mean, are you willing to experience all those horrible feelings? And everybody looks at me like, hell no. And I'm like, well, that's what confidence is. Confidence is going through all those nasty, yucky, terrible feelings and showing up anyway. Because it's not what how it starts. It's how you end. But nobody sees the start. We see the end. We see the TED Talk that you killed it. Did you see that I have skin marks in my <laughs> undies when I got yeah. on that damn stage? Like, did you see that I was sweating in my armpits and then my voice was shaking when I started the TED Talk? Uh, No, they're like, You killed that shit. And I'm like, Yeah, but you don't even know on the way to the TED Talk. I almost didn't show up. I was so damn scared. So when I think about confidence and when I talk about it, I want people to know that like you have to be willing to walk in the dark. You have to be willing to fold down hard publicly, cut your arm, be bleeding, and nobody gives a shit about you and you feel embarrassed. If you could do all that, then yes. You can create confidence, but it's not this beautiful thing, Band-Aid, that you put on and it's going to change your life. Hell no, it's going to be hard. It's going to feel terrible, and it's supposed to, because as if we could have anything we desire, easy, without strife, without fighting for it. So yeah, I think confidence to me it's not what it used to be. The word's not that. It, it, to me, when I see someone confident, I'm like, you're courageous. You're courageous, and I know you're scared, but you're still showing up. And I really rate that like I value that because I don't think that they're doing something I can't do. I think they're brave. I think there's someone who's willing to show up to their life. You know, wow.
2: <laughs> I always say that about the part that sticks out for me is people look at the fashion, the lifestyle and the influence like the Kardashians and all these people. I always say his outer show yeah. is a poor substitute for inner worth. And when I said that, somebody, a bunch of people were like, yo, I've never heard that before. Outer show is a poor substitute for inner yeah. worth. You know what I mean? And we have to always, you know, right. I always look at the times we mess up. You know how many times I've messed up on a podcast and sometimes I keep it in because it's like, mm-hmm. this is one take. You know what I mean? If now technology happens and it cuts us off, I shouldn't be putting out that bad juju. But if it cuts us out, you know, you got to figure it out. I've lost episodes. I've gained back episodes. You know what I mean? I always say is yeah. never, ever dress up the the moments that we have. Sometimes it's okay to mm. just be, you know, our real self. You know what I mean? Heck, you know, you, yeah.
3: Yeah, well, it's, yeah. I think the the, the thing that... We we realized and it was something that I talk about a lot and it, it kind of just like hit a chord with a lot of people and you know when you share something like a podcast or a quote or something and people are like yeah and you're like oh that's where humanity is I don't mm-hmm. know if you, you do that but like you know you, you kind of like taste test where your audience is and when it's like Wow, you're like okay that's where my people are and I had shared something that was like perfection erodes connection. And vulnerability creates connection, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, yeah!" And I'm like, "Okay." So the more perfect and amazing you appear to be, how connected am I going to be to you? I'm not going to be. I'm going to be like second guessing myself. Like I'm a woman, so if you're listening and you're a woman or you identify as a woman, if you stand next to like J Lo with her amazing cuticles and her toes and feet and her, she probably smells incredible and she's just impeccable from head to toe, and you got a nail chipped. Or the back of your heel is crusty like mine is right now because it is summertime and it's ashy. You're gonna be feeling real self conscious standing next to this impeccable perfection of a person. I'm not gonna feel connected. I'm not gonna feel like she gets me. I'm not gonna feel validated. I'm not gonna feel safe. I'm not gonna trust her. It just happens. That's a a species. We are mammals. Like, I'm not gonna feel like you get me. You see me. I see you. We're the same. So what does that create? When you try to be perfect and get it right and only post perfect shows with your amazing voice, Rory, and everything's perfect that Rory does, you know, it's like, man, he's untouchable.
0: Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
3: You're not creating community. You're not creating connection. Now, I'm not saying go fuck up your life and be messed up so you could fit in. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying own your shit. Like, uh, shit, tech issues. Okay, my bad. My hoops are making noises. Okay, oops. Like, let me move them. Like, People love the realness because then they see themselves in you. And if we want to feel connected, we need to be normal. We need to be us. We need to fart. We need to leave skid marks. We need to, you know, be like, I'm pissed off or we need to cry. Like, just be, a, be who you are and other people will see that. And then you influence other people to, to be able to be that as well. Like, we have to stop trying to be right, get it right, like get it wrong. That's yeah. right. Like, go yeah. the wrong And that's way.
2: why <laughs> I feel like on Instagram now, what I've been doing is I show up with the reels and sometimes I'm doing these funny mm-hmm. kind of like skits and things like that with the words and stuff like that, because yeah. I see where a lot of the audience is like, you're coming into your own self. I can trust you. It's not mm-hmm. just a podcaster. It's not just a coach. It's not just somebody that's going to look you dead straight in your eyes and tell you if you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? And that's just how life mm-hmm. is and things like yeah, that. yeah. So when we get into all of this, right, and we think about confidence, we talk about the trauma, let's circle back to the day, the daytime. It's about how we start our day. How we start our day is going to set us up for the most success, right? What is is a way that we can build more time in our day? Because so many people are like, I'm busy this, I'm busy that. I hate the busy word. I try not to say the busy word. You know what I mean? But how do we get more time in our life?
3: (laughs) You know what's so funny, Rory? I have two Mm -hmm. kids, right? And one of them is just turned four. The other one is six. And every night, I sit in the bed because they sleep with us. And I sit in that bed, and my husband sits in the bed, and they're in the middle, 45 minutes to put their asses to sleep because they want to read a story, and they want us in the bed. And we we did whatever we did. We did attachment parenting, and I think it's beautiful. But we sit there, and we fall asleep, and we're in there for 45 (laughs) minutes, Put them to bed, come downstairs. I'm talking every day since they were born, I do that. So that's 45 minutes, uh, one hour. And I get about a million things done a day. And I still put my kids to bed and do that shit. So I can't handle when people are like, I don't have time. Because I'm like, you have time. You just don't know what you're doing with it. So if you've ever said, I don't know where my my money went. I don't even know where it went. Or I don't know where the day went. Fix that up. Like, commit to fix it. If the, all you take from this podcast is fixing that shit up and going, where did my day go? Where did my money go? And you get to Sherlock Holmes investigate that shit because we need to know what we're doing. And most of the time, we don't block our time and we don't pay attention to what's taking up our time. So how many hours are you scrolling reels on Instagram? How many hours are you on the phone with a negative friend? How many hours are you watching Netflix and TV? And it's not bad to watch TV, by the way. Like, do you? But for how many hours? How many hours are you working? How many hours are you looking at other people's social media and not doing your own post? Like, there's a lot that we have, we do. And so I think before we talk about how to get more time, it's like, find out what you're doing now. Like, where's your time? Keep a little journal or be honest. Like, oh, shit, Instagram, two hours. Okay. Like, again, if you're not honest with yourself, you can't change it. So, and I know you probably talk about this with your clients in your coaching business. It's like, let's just get on the scale. Oh, but I don't want to know how much gain, weight I gained in COVID. Okay. I don't want to know. Yeah. But if we don't get on the scale, we're not going to know how much you lost. So it's not bad. It's not shameful to to say I wasted my day. Okay, cool. I wasted my day doing these four things. Tomorrow, I'm only going to do two of those things and get like 10% of my day back. So I feel like we need to know what we do with our time. Um, I actually don't have a morning ritual, and everybody asks me, like, what's your morning ritual? I'm, like, uh, making toast for my damn kids, and that's it. Like, that's my morning ritual. I have a night ritual. So before I go to bed at night, I'm the last one in the bed. My husband's in there. My kids, they're there. I take my time to go to bed, and I kind of unwind, and I sit in my bed, and I touch my children's feet, my husband's back, my son's leg, and I just, like, breathe them in because my husband passed away and I was very close to his mom so I had photos of my husband when he was 2 years old when he was 4 years old when he was 7 years old and as a mother I can put myself in geo in nilda his his mom nilda I could put myself in her shoes and if if she was me and her son was alive next to her in the bed how would she be at night would she touch them and drink them in so I take that as a thank you and as a um something that i can do so every night my night ritual is i touch my family i take them in i breathe them in and i'm like thank you i'm so happy i'm so grateful that you're alive i'm grateful for your toe i'm grateful for your breath i love you and i just it like fills me with oxytocin i can't explain it it's like uh if any woman is listening who's breastfed before it's like when you breastfeed a baby and you get that rush you don't know about this rory but this (laughs) amazing rush you get when you breastfeed and that, it's like I I could feel it in my body, and to me, going to sleep with that shit is like I love my life. Thank you, God. Like, thank you for this life. Thank you for my family. <sighs> and it puts me to sleep with this. I don't. I, I just did it now, and I felt it like this fullness, this b- big gratitude. And I go to sleep like that. I don't go to sleep stressing or worrying. Or I go to sleep like that. It's like a prayer for me. And when I wake up, I'm activated because it doesn't matter how the kids wake up. I'm just like. I love my life. I'm so grateful. Um, so you want more time? Where are you currently spending your time? Who's taking your time? Who are you allowing to take your time? And then just clean up the schedule. Like, hey, I want to block time on my calendar. I block all my time because if I don't, then I the shit's not in my calendar. I don't, I don't show up because I can't. So I would just say that, and I would say stop saying you don't have time. Stop saying I don't have any time. I'm busy, like Rory said, because when you say that, it's like a blanket. You don't even investigate. Is that true that you don't have time? Or you're making time for Netflix, for clubbing, for, you know, bullshit. You're making time. We all got time. We all got money. We all got money. We all got time. And maybe you don't have a lot of it, but it's like you have some. What the hell mm-hmm. are you doing with it? So we got to find out what we're doing with the current, the no, current
2: no, So time. true. So true. I'm happy you say that. Real quick, before we even get out of here, two other things I want to clear up is the book. Speak a little bit about the book Mm. and what is, what was one of the biggest highlights and the aha moments of that book for you? And
3: what is the book called? Oh my gosh. The book is called confidence feels like shit. It's behind me up there. Um, confidence feels like shit. The truth about confidence and what it really takes to create it. That's what the book is called. The full title. Um, And I wanted to tell the truth about confidence and I don't know if you'll get, um, you'll probably get this as a Mm -hmm. Latina, as a Mm -hmm. woman of Mm -hmm. color, right? I, I was going to self-publish. I did self-publish and then I ended up with a little publisher and I had this like, I love Maya Angelou. I had this like Puerto Rican Maya Angelou spirit guide with me the whole time. And she was like, don't do marginalized woman shit with this book. Don't be using weird ass font. Don't be like make that shit like Marie Forleo, but in your voice. Do you I know get what it. I'm trying to say? Like, I I can't. You know what I'm saying? I can't. Like, I feel like sometimes as women of color, as people of color, we we make mistakes that like the sophisticated white people that are famous and doing amazing work don't make because they have resources and they have people that are supporting them. Whatever. And I just kept getting this guide. She was literally a Spanish Maya Angelou coming to me like, nope, that's not the font. Nope, don't do that. Like, yo, don't vanilla yourself. Don't be one size fits all. Be you. Swear in the book. Use your shit. Like, be you, be you. Don't use that font. Like, she kept coming back to me with the font. So I wanted the book to look like a real book that you pick up at Barnes & Nobles. But when you read it, it's me. It's a Puerto Rican woman you know, telling you her story, swearing, going crazy off script, keeping it real and raw, but giving you tangible, legitimate shit. So this book was written like four years ago in my head. I've got a paper that I started writing the book. And everything that I put on this paper, Rory, like four years ago, was in the book. It's so weird when you create things because your body, your mind remembers, and you will manifest it, and it will happen. So we called the book that. I found a writer who I heard about. I found my own writer. I found my own graphic person, spent all this money, and then found this self-publishing company that was like, we'll help you. And I'm like, thank goodness, because it's a big job to write a book, and you don't know what the hell you're doing. I'm not a book writer. I'm not a writer. I'm a talker. Like, I'm a speaker. Um, And I had my whole team. We probably dropped $60,000 at the end of the day, not at once, but throughout the time. But I was like, this is going to be my baby. I'm going to do this. And when I was writing it, one of the biggest things that I got was, if you have an audience and you're writing a book, share. Share that you're writing. Share this aha moment. Share the everything. Because I took my audience with me on the journey. And if I'm self-publishing, Penguin's not coming to sell my book in the airport. Like, I'm selling my book through my message, through my audience, right? So I'm taking my audience with me, and I was discovering these stories that I already worked through, I already did the work on, and there was still rawness there. Uh, And at one time it was like 1am and I was finding myself on on Google, looking up my old social worker. Now she's in Boston and it's 1am for me. So it's daytime for them, for you guys. We're in the future (laughs) in Australia. And I'm like, I'm like, who was her name? And I found her name, and I'm like, oh, my God, and I Googled her, and I found her, and she still is a social worker. This woman has, if you could imagine your life being time-capsuled in someone else's brain, she has my life in her head. Like, she knows so much about my life that I probably trauma forgot, you know? So connected with her, which is beautiful, and I'm hopefully going to do a podcast with her because that was just, like, next level. Um, and then having my husband help me. Like, I was telling stories about my husband who died and chapter two is really trigger warning, like it's full on, chapter two is like, I was in a zone when I was writing it, it was like, I was not here, and when I came out of it, this whole chapter came, and it was like, whoa, you got to tell your story, so I guess a big lesson was, own your story, no matter how big or small you think it is, uh, I want to know, how are you, Rory, how are you doing this, when did you do your podcast, why, like, I don't care about, the end result, it's more about your story and taking that in. So big lessons and and a big lesson in asking for help and not trying to do everything yourself and making sure that if you are going to do it yourself, that that shit is professional looking still with your flavor. Like that was a big, big aha for me. And the book's been amazing. We've sold like 7,000 copies just ourselves with our audience you know because we took the, our friends on the journey like what cover do we do what color should it be what do y'all think you know it was a real collaboration um so yeah that was great great experience no, i love that highly I recommend love that. hard but
2: no i'm gonna go definitely dead. i'm definitely gonna i'm always about supporting creators right so i'm definitely gonna pick up the book because uh, there's always yeah. something you can learn
3: i'm gonna send you one i'm gonna okay. send you one.
2: that's what's Canada. up that's what's hey. up hey I love, yeah, I love that. I love that. That's what's up. <laughs> One thing when we talk yeah. about everything, we went through the trauma. We went through the confidence. You spoke a little bit about family, the content creation, the book. Mm-hmm. Let's go and close it up with loved ones. Our loved ones are the most important pieces. Yeah. Now, it could be family. It could be friends. It could be your boyfriend. It could be your girlfriend. Whatever your flavor is.
1: What do you feel is the main thing our loved ones want from us as a whole.
3: Mm. My husband and I do this work together. Sometimes we'll do power couples like sessions because he coaches men and I coach women. And it happened by mistake, by the way, we <laughs> didn't say we're going to coach women yeah. and you coach women. It just mm. happened. Right. Um, and I think one of the things that we get stuck on is we usually attract from a place of lack. So we unfortunately come into a relationship not full, right? Like our cup's not full, and the person we're dating or we're with is not full either. And they're, it's not conscious and not on purpose, but I feel if we're not careful, we manipulate the other person to get what we need. I need you to do this. I need you to tell me you love me more. I need you to clean the house. I need you to you know, be gentle with me because I have a mother wound, and my mother didn't love me. And I need you to fill that for me. And I need you to do this for me. It's like, it's so selfish when you think about it in this way because we're in relationship trying to get what we need from the other person. I need you to do this so that I'm happy. I need you to call me so that I can chill and relax and know that you're okay. Like, I don't need to call you. (laughs) you got to check that shit out for yourself. That was something that I would do. Because my husband died. You know, he was out driving and he passed away. And so when my husband's out and it's raining. My trauma comes in, and I'm like, "Oh my god, Hamish, why didn't you call me?" And I'm yelling at my husband who's driving in the rain. Like, that's not his shit. So I think if we're not careful, we will try to get what we need from the other person, and it's not conscious and on purpose. But that pushes someone away. So if you want to thrive in your relationship, in your in your relationship with your children, in relationship with anyone, I think that you have to really get solid with the relationship with yourself. And when you are full your cup is full and running over, you don't need anyone to do anything. I don't need my kid to come home and say, hi, mom, I love you. I don't need that. My kid could come in and slam the door. And I would go, hey, baby, are you okay? I wouldn't go, how dare you slam the door in my face? Why it's got to be about us. So just pay attention to that. Like uh, There was a thing that I watched once, and I got three questions from it, and it was so powerful. It's like, what happened? What actually happened? My kid came home. My girlfriend came home and slammed the door. That's what happened. Okay, what did I make that mean? So what happened? What actually happened? Fact. What did you make it mean? I made it mean that she's angry with me or she doesn't care about me because I've been home all day waiting for her. Whatever. I made it mean whatever I made it mean. And then question three is what else could it mean? Oh, shit. Maybe her boss yelled at her or she got fired. Somebody cut me off. Motherfuckers on the road cut me off. How about his wife is having a baby and he's trying to get to the hospital? How about she's got a poo and she's trying to get to the toilet? I don't know. I mean, isn't it funny that there's so many meanings of why the people we love are the way they are, yet we choose the worst meaning. We choose the worst meaning about ourselves. Why? That's some self-work. So if that's you right now and you're at that level where you're like, I don't know, I can't connect to my husband. I can't connect to my kids. My girlfriend doesn't call me back. I have bad relationships always. I'm attracting toxic people. There is something with the self that needs attention. And it's good news. Like, how exciting. You work on that. You're going to be able to attract from a better place. You're not going to seem needy, like you need your kids to love you or you need your girlfriend to call you. Baby, do you. I love you. Go. And it's that release of control. And when we let go, it's like power versus force. When you let go, It's powerful. You're not forcing, and then it comes to you. So I think that a better question is, who do I need to be for myself? What do I need for myself? Or if I need that from them, why? Why do I need her to call me every five minutes? Oh, there's some insecurity. Why do I need my son to say, I love you? I know he loves me. Like, what do I need that for? I need validation. I need to be seen. Can I see myself? So I think relationships are really great because they show us they're a mirror. You know, they show us what we need to address and look at. So if you're out there and you have any issues with relationships, remember that it comes always back to the relationship with the self, back to you. If you fine tune that, you can only have the same outwards.
2: Wow. Love, love it. Love it. Wow. The reason why I chose to come into this space five years ago. Said is to captivate stories authentic conversations mm. and you ma'am is just the epitome of storytelling and overcoming adversity mm. so thank you you know yeah.
3: Larry, thank you thank you thank you for doing no, this. thank
2: You're you amazing. where can everybody check you out social media any of the females listening i don't know if you coach males also too can really tap into who you are as a person <laughs> and things yeah. like that
3: yes I know <laughs> I love my ladies. I do. I coach women. Uh, I don't know. You know, what's funny. This is a whole other conversation, but I feel um, an initiation. I, I would never as a, as a woman coach a man in the space of, let me tell you some stuff about you. I would definitely in a relationship space to, to open up to what women experience mm-hmm. for a man, but I just find it. It, it feels very ancestral women's circles, women bleeding together, red tents, women sitting in circle, elders, ancestors, men doing what they do in circles and men groups and vision quests. Like I just find it very beautiful to be able to hold space for what I know and I know what it is to be a woman and and have sisterhood. So I do coach women. Um, You can find me on Instagram, the Queen of Confidence on Google, the Queen of Confidence podcast. You just type confidence. The podcast will come up, The Confidence Chronicles, and it's uh, 15 minutes of me giving women loving bitch laps, reminding them of their power, reminding them of who they are in case you forgot your magnificence, you are a queen. Um, I'm always on social media and, you know, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. So that's where you can find me, the Queen of Confidence. Come and say hello and tag us in this Beautiful podcast that this man has done. If you are enjoying this and listening, so that we can, I love re-share. that. I
2: love that. And honestly, keep kicking ass. Holy shit! Like, I just knew going into this conversation, it was gonna be one of them conversations, you know what I mean? And 2022 That's is, is it's, it's it's just started, it's just so, started, you know. Yes. So, it's about what's gonna happen next, yeah. it's you know. Gonna be lit. All right.
3: Oh, what's going to happen next? Let's see. That's up to you guys. What are y'all going to do with this information? Last thing, right? Like, there's so much we can listen to. There's so many books. There's so many podcasts. There's so many freebies that you can watch, masterclasses. It's like so much information, right? But what are you applying? Like, what can you take and apply when you listen to Rory's podcast? Even if it's one thing that you learn from today that you do, I guarantee, I guarantee, if you do the one thing that you heard. Not everything, but just one. Your whole shit will change. It will change everything. So just no more information. Let's get some application happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how we get what love we that. need. One thing at a time. We work I it. I love
2: that. Application. Thank application, you, people.
3: Application over information. Yes.
2: Erica, keep Let's keep go. killing it. Keep killing <laughs> it. And everybody, listen to the podcast. Love peace and the pros- lead- Love, peace, and prosperity to everybody. Thank you.
3: There you go. <laughs>